Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We're kind of just taking it day by day. We know we have to show up every day, uh, not take any days off. So it's taking it one step at a time. I believe they call that common language, Robbie. Alan Sanford. They love common language. Um, I Have we heard day by day yet this year? <laughs> not, not too sure. Welcome got, back. Got to earn the right. Coffee and cream in the morning on ESPN Radio alongside Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers, live from the Pinnacle Bank Championship uh, at the club at Indian Creek. We are happy to have you with us. Um, you know, going into the break, I, I had mentioned that last night you had texted me and yeah. you said, I think the ACC is in a better spot than the Big 12. And, you know, before we, you know, even get too deep into this, I, I thought it was interesting because I'm like, okay, if Robbie thinks the ACC is better, I'm going to have to come up with some counterpoint to why the Big 12 is better. So I'm, this is what I think about at home sure. after I get asked a question, yeah. how, how I can be argumentative, <laughs> how, how I can be <laughs> confrontational. Sure. But you know what? I, I, I also I sat back a few seconds later and said, I'm going to let Robbie go and, and then I'm going to see where his mind takes me because I don't, I don't know if I even have a good take on who out of these two conferences are in the better position right now. Yeah. So to be clear, I don't know that either of them are in a great position. Um, okay. Well, this will, this will help my, I don't, <laughs> my rebuttal. I, I'm not sure that I necessarily buy into the two conference only model that some people are, are talking about where it's just the, the big 10 and the sec and each of them have 28 teams or whatever the number is, because there's, I mean, I think there's going to be a third league. It's obviously going to be a step down from the other two, but there's enough other power five teams and like borderline power five teams. Like for example, in the, you know, the big 12s brought in like UCF and Cincinnati mm-hmm. and, and ACC's talking to SMU, these teams that haven't been Power Five teams necessarily, but are kind of on that cusp right there. You know, Utah long ago was not a, not that long ago was not a Power Five team. Now they're one of the better teams coming over from the Pac-12, right? So I think there's enough of those teams that you're going to need a third conference that's still technically a major conference, but obviously a step below the Big Ten and, and the SEC. The reason that I think the ACC is in a better spot is when you're looking at these teams, right? I'm looking at the Big 12. It's like a solid B league. And you're just talking about football, right? Yes, football. Okay. Only. We're only talking about college football. Okay, because I this, this basketball is a totally different I, I was going to say they're yeah. a different animal. I still I mean the ACC is probably better than the Big 12 in basketball too, but Really? Well, I mean, you've got your historical powers or your well, yeah, I mean, I know your Duke. You but today, Virginia. I I I would lean Big 12 as the premier basketball conference, especially now with the addition of Arizona. Yeah, I mean, Arizona's a nice addition there. Obviously, you've got Baylor and Kansas. And I'm not knocking the ACC, but I think the ACC could match up like think, you know, in line with the SEC here. So there's, we're talking about two things here. We're talking about currently where they're at and also brand names because the brand names are almost more powerful mm-hmm. than your current success in the conference realignment right. conversation. Right. So I'm looking at college football only, though. The brand names the big 12 just really doesn't have them. I mean, they've got a lot of solid B brands, you know, your Kansas States, your Oklahoma mm-hmm. States, your Texas techs, your Baylor's, your BYU's, your Arizona, Arizona States, Utah. Those are all really solid brands. None of those are powerhouses mm-hmm. or blue bloods. I can understand that for right? football. 
So for football, they're about the only, I mean, out of the four conferences left, because RIP Pac-12, mm-hmm. they're the only conference that doesn't have blue bloods in their conference as it currently sits. Now, that's one factor. The other fact, and, and you can just look at teams that have won national titles in their conference, right? The only ones in what will be the conference next year are BYU in 84 and Colorado in 90. And I believe that was a split. So you're talking about over 30 years ago and one-offs for both of those teams. Mm-hmm. So kind of aberrations. You go to the ACC. You've got obviously Florida State, Clemson, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina is a name brand. Duke is not in this for football, eh, but I can. I, 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 you're tickling me. All right. <laughs> and then you've got Miami, which is a huge brand. Mm-hmm. Multiple. That's national, a name brand. National multiple national titles. You've got teams that you would consider powerhouse blue blood multiple national title winners. And here's the wild card with the ACC, too. Everybody assumes that when the day comes that Notre Dame has to join a conference, it'll be the Big Ten. Well, they already have, like, partial membership into the ACC. Now, all of a sudden, let's pretend that Notre Dame says, you know what, we're throwing our hat in with the ACC because we're already comfortable there. We already play a four- or five-game football schedule with them anyway. Then all of a sudden, you've got Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Notre Dame. Those are four of the biggest brands in college football. You can put that up against Nebraska, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State in the Big Ten. You can put that up against Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida in the SEC. Your top four are about as good as anybody's if you can convince Notre Dame to become a full right. member. So I'm with you with the brand name recognition. It makes a lot of sense that the Big 12 is taking a step back because they don't they have it as much. Your Texas, But I will say this. Oklahoma. The Big 12 does seem, even though they lost Oklahoma and Texas, that they still have their, uh, their ducks in a row. They still have their, their ish figured out. Listen, they did an incredible job of pivoting and keeping the conference alive in the way that obviously the Pac-12 couldn't. Because And basketball, I really believe, was a huge piece of that. Not that long ago, we were talking about the Big 12 about to go extinct the same way that we're talking about the Pac-12 currently going extinct, right? So they've done an incredible job to salvage that, both with some non-name brand borderline group of five schools like your UCFs, your Cincy's, your BYU's, right. and waiting it out and surviving where the Pac-12's leadership couldn't and then they got to obviously get the bounty of Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. And, and ultimately, it was leadership that destroyed the Pac-12. And it wasn't just Absolutely. the current commissioner. It was the previous commissioner that didn't set up the, the, the conference at all in a good light. But, you the know, Pac-12 has been poorly run for years. I mean, this is not major. You don't have a TV contract after this in season. line. Yeah, like that's that's priority number one as a commissioner of a conference it's, you have to have financial funding for your team it's almost the only thing a commissioner does that matters like really long, it is long term and right? if you have a big one that's why kevin warren is like giving get, getting thumbs up from people yes. because he did his job he may not have done it the way you wanted him to but he still did what he was supposed to do and listen he handled some things poorly obviously with the COVID stuff, that was a really... And who didn't? Right. Like, it's not like he had a playbook on how the proper way to handle it, right? So I, I give him a little bit of pass on there because, A, he was new on the job, and B, it was kind of an unprecedented situation. But when it mattered, what did he do? He got USC and UCLA in the conference, and he nailed the TV rights deal. That was his job, and he crushed it, okay? 
and now he's and off. he did that in how many years? Like oh yeah, three, three basically. And so and one didn't count because we're counting COVID, right? So he he got the job done that he was hired to do, right? And then he gets mm-hmm. because of that he gets to move on and have a a different high profile job. The Pac-12's leadership failed them year after year after year. This is going back probably more than a decade at this point when the regional TV networks and the the Pac-12 network never really got off the ground the way the Big Ten network did and all this kind of stuff, right? Well, also, it doesn't help that your games kick off at 9.30, 10 o'clock, right. sometimes 11 o'clock at night, and I mean, you're expecting people to watch. And like <laughs> in the Midwest or the East Coast, I'm sorry, even the, the biggest of college football fans aren't watching you. I mean, there are there is a, a a little sicko committee of the Pac-12 after dark stands, but you're right for the most part. I mean, what eighty percent of the country's population is east of Lincoln, Nebraska, basically. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about two time zones past that, where you know a lot of people only watch their own team anyway, and the people that are real hardcore college football fans, they really kind of stick to the main big games, and those are mostly on by prime time in their local region. And anytime there's a good Pac-12 game on, it gets moved to prime time. But then the rest of your conference gets left behind, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of factors for why the Pac-12 ended up failing where the Big 12 didn't. But moving forward, I think the Big 12 is in a tough spot because they don't have anywhere else to go from here. They This was kind of their big move. The rating the Pac-12 was their big move. SMU is kind of a I mean that the ACC is talking about SMU maybe the Big 12 could bring them in but that's not a big fish I don't think um, if they really wanted to go and try and get Stanford and Cal I don't know how much that moves the needle uh, for the Big 12 or the ACC for that matter but what you're really looking at is the ACC has a little bit of a runway with this grant of rights deal if Florida State can't figure out a way to break it in the next six months or whatever they've got a little bit of runway to a, try and convince Notre Dame to come into the conference. And B, try and get some of the other programs that are their B-level programs, their Virginia Techs, their Virginias, their North Carolinas, up to an A-level. So that when you look at that conference, you say, ah, man, that's pretty good top to bottom. I got my four marquee teams, my four Blue Bloods, and then our B-level is pretty good too. Because that's what the Big Ten and the SEC offer right now. Is you've got your, your, your stalwarts, your anchors. And then after that, you've got a really solid B-level. Because right now, your B-level, in terms of brand, your Iowa, your Wisconsin, those types of teams, those are really, really strong. Probably, I think the B-level of the Big Ten is stronger than the B-level of the SEC. Now, obviously, the SEC at the very top is winning the national title, so that matters. Mm-hmm. But that second division of the Big Ten is stronger than the SEC brand-wise, in my opinion. Because, like, the Mississippi states of the world, I don't think, have the same type of football brand outside of their own little community that a Wisconsin or an Iowa or a Michigan state does. So if you can get that type of level when you're the ACC, you're still going to be a step behind those other two conferences, but I still think you're in a way better spot than the Big 12. And quick side note, SMU in the mix right now with the ACC, that's the exact type of team I was talking about yesterday that the ACC needs to add as filler time. It's a good, small private school with a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. And uh, it it is relatively close to the rest of the ACC teams. Yeah, it just it, it doesn't move. And it's a big me. area. I mean, you're in Dallas. Yeah, I, I don't think that SMU gets you Dallas, but it's not a bad move for them. Well, 
at least right now, like I said, it's that filler. It's yeah. the foundation that you pour. We'll talk to Brian Christofferson next.